back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Cass, and you can follow me on social media at DarkHeartedRose. Awesome. Cass, thank you so much for joining the show. It's been great you know, getting to talk about Steppenwolf with you. And, yeah. you know, this is a great bunch of minutes to, to hang out with you, talk to talk about. And obviously the shows that you do, phenomenal shows, Lord of the Rings Minute um, and, and Geek by Night, just phenomenal work. So thank you. Thank you so much for your work. <laughs> <laughs> um, today we're talking about Minute 130 of Part 4 Change Machine. It is going to start with Steppenwolf recounting Darkseid's failure. Um, and then the minute's going to end with Steppenwolf, um, you know, wondering where Desada just went because uh, he was just talking to him. <laughs> and uh, the minute ends with him going, hey, wait, what's going on here? So uh, it, it's a great way to to end the minute because starting Monday of next week, um, we're gonna, he's going to be talking to oh, a yeah, whole different character. A, a good reveal. So, <laughs> yeah. So who, who what's going on here? Why did he leave? Um, what was he talking about? He was speaking another language when he left. So um yeah, this uh, this minute is uh, this is good stuff. I, I don't know about you guys, but I really like this one. I I really love the uh, the communication stone. Um, <laughs> a thing that uh, bums me out about this minute is that we get a little bit of um, uh, s- some alien language that I'm never gonna hear a translation, nor an origin, nor a dictionary, yeah, nor any syntax, nor anything. And yeah. you know, what if I wanted to learn an alien language? You know, what if I wanted to to try to to try to do something with that? It almost sounds like he's speaking Latin. So Desad leaves and, and and dissolves away back off the phone call, and it, it starts with like a, a nomini patri. And he starts <laughs> saying something. Sounds like nomini something, and then he and he and he leaves. And I'm like, what is what is he? You know, what, is this guy a, a Christian? He's doing a rosary <laughs> prayer or something. Yeah. He's speaking Latin all of a sudden. So, um, but yeah, of course. So, uh, overall, Steppenwolf reveals to Desaad that he's found the life equation. It's here on this very earth, or he says the anti-life equation. Obviously, we talked about the omega symbol now being part of the the, the equation. Um, and so, Desaad, who is go- who is who started as like, hey, what are you calling me? Stop bothering me mm-hmm. so much. Uh, why are you so obsessed with me? And then now he's like, um, he's like, wait a minute. What are you talking about? Are you serious? And and, and now that he's come to this realization that, you know, Steppenwolf of all people has found the anti-life equation recedes off the communication and he starts speaking this other language. And, you know, Nate, your thought, same thought I had, you know, I wish there was some translation to what he was talking about. Um, my best guess is that he may be, um, you know, recounting the, 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 the prayer that they were saying when the apocalyptic priests were in that, that battle of heroes, uh, a long time ago. And they were communing the, the mother boxes with the anti-life equation, which, you know, we already talked about the two MacGuffins doing different things. What if they did it together in which, you know what kind of crisis that would be mm-hmm. um and so maybe he's saying part of that equation which would be something like you know and the anti-life equation equals loneliness alienation fear despair all those things like maybe that's 
I mean, he's saying the formula. Yeah, the the context clues is you know it's it's a it's a a prayer type, um, you know, and even from their culture, I guess, is very uh, of that nature. Um, Mm -hmm. Arthurian as well, you know, too. Um, So like the the fear of not even fear, um, the acknowledgement of the higher power, um, especially with their side of things, they actually have proof. Um, hey oh. <laughs> so like it just seems very ritualistic, obviously, and that's something that they were doing with the uh the mother boxes for the unity as well. It was very ritualistic. Um so yeah, it seems like it's just when you I don't know, like if you were go to, you know, talk about them or mention them or anything or, or call mention to the unity, you have to <laughs> uh take 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 a time to to give to give praise to them mm. or something yeah. in apocalypse and i don't know <laughs> he said now everyone hold hands and we'll say <laughs> say a word of our lord here <laughs> so yeah I, I, um but this is so we, we we've talked about on the show before we say we say a lot that that steppenwolf and and his journey in this in this version of the movie has the the seeds of Arthurian legend in it. You know, we see a knight on the, on the conquest to, to, to get the Holy grail. And, and this is the minute that I really want to cement that. And so anyone who's listening to the show here, especially in this minute, this is where I firmly believe like that Steppenwolf kind of represents Percival on the quest for the Holy grail. And, And really what it is, is, you know, he's here to do something that was asked by Darkseid. And if Darkseid represents King Arthur, there's a reason those characters never get the Grail. And, and, and the Holy Grail has always been an allegory or an a- analogy for um, this great, this object of like great importance and significance, great power, whatever you may think of it. But it's elusive to those that seek it. And so if, if, Steppenwolf is the one to obtain it. It's because um, he serves his master with un- unwavering loyalty to Darkseid, um, even though it's it's somewhat of a exile and enslavement, servitude, whatever. He does it with full loyalty, and so he believes in Darkseid's way that Darkseid is, and so he goes. Uh, he fights this war for Darkseid and, and conquers worlds believing in the entropic law that Darkseid follows as, as his own personal religion, the anti-life equation. And so being that loyal, and just like Percival was that loyal to King Arthur, the Grail finds you, not the other way around. So if you seek that power, you will never obtain it. But for those who are worthy of it, the anti-life equation reveals itself to Steppenwolf finally. And so now Steppenwolf, much like Cyborg, can go up to people and say, I have the bargaining chip now. <laughs> so when he's talking to Desaad, he throws that axe down. He's like, hey, you listen to me now. I'm doing it. I found it. Like, be proud of me. Witness me. I, yeah. I, I'm i the one who have found it, you know? So so now Desaad has to listen. Now Desaad can't just be like, what do you want, you failure? Yeah. And Steppenwolf, as Percival, the anti-Percival, is here to say... <laughs> I found it. <laughs> it's here on this very earth. <laughs> so I love it. Just a big fan of this moment. I, I, I love like when he throws the ax into the ground. I really felt it. You know, I just say, 
emotional resonance. I was like, yeah, go you. I, you're kind of the bad guy still, but go, go you for now. <laughs> I like that Desaad, like still interrupts him. Like he's giving all of this exposition of, you know, like to be fair, like we, we saw it. Uh, a couple hours ago in the movie um but then he's just like no everyone knows about that like why why are we still talking and then he gets like he throws the axe down he's just like i found it i found the thing exactly yeah the 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 story of the defiance and and that's another way of like gaslighting right yeah he's like the, the the story of defiance is like oh yeah the humans they they you know defied us and they they wouldn't let us you know, realize the full power of, 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 of uh, fixing the universe. And it's like, no, you were a terrorist on our planet. Yeah. <laughs> you were up to all kinds of no good. You were killing people, turning them into monsters. Uh, we couldn't have that. So literally that's, that's also mental abuse. And now you, <laughs> now you really need to leave. So just, just an awful person in, in general. So manipulative. <laughs> Um, but that's warm tongue for you, right? Mm-hmm. That's odd. So, um, yeah, just a just a great moment for Steppenwolf. And, and you know, watching the movie for the first time, uh, the the Zack Snyder's version, and then like it's just always on my mind these moments. How many how many scenes there are of Steppenwolf talking to other villains, and him being the main villain of the movie always feeling like he's not the greatest and that he's lesser, but these always stuck with me and resonated with me. It was like, like I'm watching like a stage performance. You know, I said Arthurian legends and, but it's also kind of Shakespeare. It's like this villain, one knee on the ground, hand in the, in the air to the one looking down on him and being like, you know, oh, great masters, and I'm, you know, explaining where I am, and it's just, there's something about it that, like, I don't see this with villains as much anymore that I just really liked, and the only time I can really think of something else that was similar was, um, uh, I just lost his name, but the the first Guardians villain um, that is um, oh, yeah. a Kree. Um, oh, it, j- it's not, uh, is it uh, Rohan? Not Rohan, no. but... Um, Ronan. Ronan. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Malekith. No, his comics. Ronan. Yeah, Ronan is 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 talking to to Thanos in in that first movie, and that's the only time I feel that same connection. And and that's again, that's what makes that movie so great. Is that well, up until uh, Ronan kind of has like a a weak way out, I, I would say. But I I always felt so strongly about that first movie because story wise, there was a lot that resonated mm-hmm. that in, in that first Guardians movie. It's it's funny that you mentioned that like the the villain our main villain answering to other villains because um, it's kind of a, it's a thing that happens in classic Doctor Who kind of a lot um, and I really like it because like we take the time to like establish this threat and then usually it's like a cliffhanger like the threat like you know like calls into space and then like they are answering to someone else and I I like that the way that that kind of expands the scope of of the world building and everything without kind of taking away from the story we're trying to tell. Um, so I yeah. like I it's a trope that I really like. Like we have this big bad guy, and then he's just like, oh, he's not the he's not the biggest baddest guy. Like he right. ha- yes. he has bosses. 
he answers to someone. Yeah. Yeah. And it expands the world and Yeah. Uh and you know, and if done correctly, you you it can reverberate and, and expand it further and, and you know, call back to characters, especially with T V shows. You know, here we have a movie where our main villain will die, but you know, in in, in a show, especially Doctor Who, you can come back to characters and, and, mm-hmm. and expand further. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. And, and it, it builds the world out um, it, and um, it, it creates the lore. And I think that's always been something I've been drawn to. I mean, we, we talked about it this week with the anti-life equation and everything that's, that's been talked about so far in these three movies. Um, well, four movies when you include Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, when people give that much time to write out little things, um, uh, you know, big ideas, um, loosely held. Have small beginnings. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong movie. But, you know, big ideas loosely held. It's something as simple as saying, you know, my father fought in the Clone Wars. Has opened up a whole yeah. thing about it's Star world Wars. building. Like, yeah, but it's... just dropping things in, mm-hmm. you know, the Codex, the Anti-Life Equation, the Story of the Defiance. They start to then connect and and these big ideas start to you know once you mention them vaguely you can always come back to them and build them in ways that maybe you didn't have the 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 correct approach for and and that's i just love i love lore building i love when these people have these great big ideas and um and and what's always great is i I don't ever I, i love when they connect back to the timeless stories of of you know Percival and the Holy Grail or that's anything the like, other thing I, we're yeah. all humans and it's all just human storytelling right, like right. that's what yeah. it just like you just kind of go back like when you <sighs> one of the best insults you can tell somebody is go read a book and I stand <laughs> by that because you could tell them to go read it like just go read a piece of literature and then read it again and then read it again and again and then you'll be able to see like those types of patterns of storytelling things like mm-hmm. and elements and it's like oh yeah that's right that's how this works that's mm-hmm. how you you don't just like jot down you know it's not a it's not your diary you know it's it's different it's it's these things that you have to incorporate like lore and uh character diversity and and dynamics and mm-hmm. Just all of these things, um, yeah, it's, it's really excellent. Um, yeah, all of that kind of like goes back into like this culture that was created for this alien species, and like thinking that it is regal in that sense, where that timeless idea of storytelling works perfectly here, mm-hmm. um, because it is like an alien race that could exist at any given moment in time that because it's not in human history time Mm -hmm. um so it like gives them a a great doorway to just walk through and use like those classic storytelling elements and having those regal conversations like this call and response that we're seeing here yes it just like it it just seems like it's kind of (laughs) like there's a blueprint of storytelling and it's like yeah like just follow that and you got it you know yeah, I think it's I think it's great just to have it because, like as you said, Nate, it, it's a it's a culture. Yeah, and and being culture like that, I mean, here we have aliens talking, but we uh, we also see it as a knight talking to the hand of the king, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we can see it in that high fantasy version, you know. We and we 
and, be, and because of that and because the other movie the other version of the movie doesn't do that we see the dichotomy of a very thin character versus like this very well cultured and and foundationally secure character where like steppenwolf is this big knight sent on this conquest yeah. speaking to the hand of the king like wanting to come back home all these things are just layers of storytelling you know, you know, whichever blueprint we decide to go on, mm-hmm. you know, it builds this character the way we want it. And, you know, Zack Snyder was on the that um, I forget what the Russo brothers podcast is where they just have pizza and talk to each other. <laughs> um, but the Russos and Zack Snyder were talking about, you know, their filmmaking approaches, which is, you know, just crazy to think about that, you know, one made the Avengers mm-hmm. recent endgame and one made uh, the Justice League. And. Zach was talking about Chris Terrio, which deserves a lot of credit because we always say Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder. But Chris Terrio, yeah. we owe a lot. Powerhouse. Because this comes from Chris Terrio. And, they, and he, you know, he was explaining that the way Chris Terrio writes is um, very strange. He, he, he writes a lot of flashcards. And so he has a lot of index cards. And he writes not story beats but he writes concepts and so he's like if you ever looked at chris terrio's notes you wouldn't make out you wouldn't be able to tell what what he's writing because it's not um darbach on jalad at tanagra it's just that guy just over and over again on (laughs) index cards what is he he doing it's like you would pick you would pick it up and it would just read like Percival finds the Holy Grail, and he'd be like, "What does that have to do <laughs> with anything?" That's, Alien that's circle the dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so he. I like yeah. that. I like that because, like, like Steppenwolf. Like Steppenwolf is a very like, like we've been talking about. Like he's very archetype. Like he's an archetype. But yeah. I, I think that there's enough to him to make him not like, to make it not like tropey. I don't know. Like there's like a no. Really, you're right. It was a really good balance between like he feels like a fleshed out, interesting character, but he also feels familiar in a way that like yeah. I like enjoy. It's, yes. I mean, it's the same yeah. thing. Like you know, the easiest example of that is like the Lion King thing, where it's like, oh, you see, that's Hamlet, right. uh, Northman, right. big. Di- that's a yeah. greater one. Like it's like, oh, that is Hamlet. <laughs> um, yes, this very much too. Uh, same way, um, just like more of like oh this is like if you read hamlet if you were in high school <laughs> mm-hmm. versus, versus like a few grades back um or if you just watched lion king um yeah see but also well, see, like, I, I enjoy lion king more now because i always as you're an see adult and you're like, oh, it's like let me, oh it's hamlet yeah. with animals let yeah, me so like I, let me let, this is a bridged hamlet as a cartoon cool Got yeah it. with animals i love it yeah cool um but, but one one thing um Cass, what you were saying is that like uh, Steppenwolf is like you know he feels like this organic character mm-hmm. uh, brand new concept that is familiar and everything um, but still uses these elements of um, uh, uh, kind of calling card-esque type things yeah. um, like the armor is obviously the bigger one that is like Space Knight mm-hmm. you know um, that's one thing the horns as well is a very um it goes back to just the character model to begin with in his, you know, uh, humanoid form. Mm-hmm. Um, the horns is very, uh, like battle as well, but it still gives you that sense of, uh, high fantasy or Arthurian legends yeah. of these armor clad 
warrior type deals. Um, or even because like because I know that Zack Snyder is really into to biblical imagery too. Like mm-hmm. it's very like demonic. Like all of these yes. apocalyptic. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's a thing Mark and I talk about a lot. Where there is, I mean, it goes back to the line of dialogue in Dawn of Justice of um, you know the demons don't come from hell above or hell below they come from the sky above mm-hmm. us like that just that little bit of writing is like that gives you that sense of the idea of flip your world around and then continue to write the story like that mm-hmm. so very demon demonic i mean this desat is literally fire and lava yeah he's right like now. literally like, dripping <laughs> like fire yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's um, why you can't have hell one because yeah. you you can't install this into your house because if you have carpet, it will. Right. You can't get your you can't you get your deposit back. Oh, you're done. Burn the carpet. You're done. And like, what what's the system to like you know how water like you get the pump and it just to recycle. It yeah, to recycle the lava, <laughs> you got to keep it at liquid temperature. That thing's got to be it core has to hot. Like, you smelt it into like a, and then you have to pour it back on top. And this thing we're talking no. hundreds of Kelvin, baby. Um, <laughs> you can't have that. One no. thing I do want to point out about this minute in particular is I love the motion of uh, all of it. I mean, I don't know what the body doubles were and then, you know, render on CGI on top of it or whatever they did. But the motion capture for Steppenwolf walking up to the communication stone and and doing the whole slamming the axe down and all of that, like... That looks so menacing, and it's it's like on an, yeah, it's on another level of storytelling. Like I've said it before multiple times, where this is a monster, mm-hmm. and I'm believing that this is a space monster that is trying to conquer the planet, and he has a full range of emotions. He is not just static, Kieran Hines. I don't even see Kieran Hines at all. Like that's who is this? What was this human being that did the motion capture for that? this Mm -hmm. right here like i want that that is and then use that model for any big guy when they did kilowog it was like that it's like oh shit kilowog looks great you know Mm -hmm. it's like because there was that heavy motion and points of articulation it's i do a lot of stuff about action figures like it makes sense because in my mind i'm picturing it and then when i see it visually it's like oh that's what i that was in my imagination with my action figures. That's how he, they were walking. Yeah. Like, that's what yeah. that looked like. I don't, it's just, it's perfect. So there are behind the scenes photos of Ray Porter, Peter Guinness, and Kieran Hines all in the mocap suits. So they did do performance capture. We know that because there's behind the scene photos of them. You know, they're hanging out there on the golf carts together. So they very well, Kieran Hines did is the also motion capture. Then that yeah, is, is, that is not acting. just voice work, but acting. they are acting in this moment so uh and of course in in probably Zack snyder fashion he is telling him you know i want you to take two steps throw axe down and point mm-hmm. and then cut like that's all i want from you in this shot and so yeah there's you know that's it's it's there's a way that um Zack snyder has always directed action in such a way we, we talk about it a lot with wonder woman i know i do but just her banging the bracelets she does as just like zach's just like you know, gal, I just want you to do it. Yeah. Hit it. Done. That's Once it. Once more that's with all the feeling sh- yeah. type of directing. That's yeah. it. And so, um, yeah, it's just, it's it's another thing that we've talked about, Nate, but also the CGI um, it has like weight. It's so, so clean. So, yeah. Yeah. And so Steppenwolf stepping, throwing axe down and pointing, it's, it's like, it feels real because it, it is performed 
to be real. And, and then, of course, with great visual effects, you can you can believe it. Um, Cass, I wanted to ask you, but is, is um, you know, we talked about uh, the fundamental storytelling that underneath these characters. Mm-hmm. Is that something which separates Lord of the Rings for you as, as something you love amongst other high fantasy works? So like, I have to believe that, you know, the story of Aragorn accepting his call to be king and, you know, the, the Lord of the Rings and whatever Tolkien used as his influence, I mean, there's got to be a reason that stands higher amongst other high fantasy films for you, correct? I, I think... Or stories. Yeah, I think I think I like it because, um, I mean, those movies came out over 20 years ago, and with, a, like, a few exceptions, I think they've aged exceptionally well. Um, mm-hmm. And as far Very as, like, so. the material, I find that the material... Like, the base, the source material also um, has this, like, timeless quality to it, and, like, the themes. Like, the themes of, like hope and and camaraderie i'm getting really emotional talking about lord of the rings um (laughs) like hope and and camaraderie and um respect for the environment and and all of all of like finding those points of hope in darkness like are very relevant uh uncomfortably relevant right now um Mm -hmm. so i and I, i i i think that's what keeps pulling me back to that story like not only is it like a blueprint for for high fantasy but like it um like just the the things that i get out of it um are uh, comforting um it's 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 familiar and like i like um i like stories that um that are not i mean i like i like comforting stories but i like stories where i can like i can relate to the characters and like Mm -hmm. if 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 even though you're like an alien space monster um who's really angry about being uh exiled like i can if i can track like your motivation if i can track like what is yeah like your motivation like what's driving you then i'm like able to like latch on to that yeah yeah we've always talked about it being uh healthy and I think Lord of the Rings has always been like it, it, not only comforting but also healthy for you. And so there's mm-hmm. a lot of superhero movies nowadays, and and some of them are feel more like fast food than yeah. they feel like a healthy story that would be for kids. Because I mean, this this movie is rated R, unfortunately. Yeah. But you know, with the correct parental supervision, you you it's still a healthy story where you you can gain so much more. Um, perspective for these characters and Lord of the Rings is, is one of those things where you see multiple hero journeys. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Frodo or Aragorn um, and, and you can kind of, or even see the downfall of, of Smeagol and, and, and learn from that and, and, and have a good time with Two Towers and all these other you know, the Battle of Pelennor Fields and stuff, mm-hmm. but there's a reason for it and so when you get to those moments it's not just big block, blockbuster movie schlock action right. scenes. Yeah. There's a reason for it and, and you feel, you know, when when Aragorn and and you know he he arrives with sorry, I'm, I'm not that well versed in Lord of the Rings, but when he <laughs> arrives with all the all the ghosts, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I feel like I'm gonna go out there, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it says for Frodo and I'm like, Yeah, where's my where's my sword? I'm I'll, I'll join you. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, absolutely. And just I just always felt like they're healthy movies mm -hmm. that can do both. They can be comforting. They can be big blockbusters. They can aim for a billion dollars, yada, yada. Please every field, every corner of, of, of cinema. Um, but it's because they have like that uh, almost religious experience. You know, sometimes I, I watch these movies again that I love and I watch it again for the message. I watch it again to to feel like what is it, you know, the when friendship comes together comes together and triumphs over evil. Mm -hmm. um, that to me is like a, that's me going to church. I go, oh, yes. and I this think, means something to me. Yeah, no, I I get that, and and I I think that like my favorite parts of this movie too are like, oh yeah, the team is like coming together and learning how to work with each other and like there is like once um spoilers i guess uh once once <laughs> superman's back in the picture like uh, like the literal beacon of hope like we talked about a couple days yeah. ago um like that always gets me i wish that he wasn't wearing the stupid black uh super like whatever um <laughs> the Zack <laughs> snyder like black superman outfit um but uh, like i don't know like the 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 symbolism the and, yeah. and like the weight all of these characters have like in in pop culture and like seeing them work together is kind yeah. is kind of like a religious experience <laughs> yes of course yeah and you know I, I always think of of cyborg when he's when he's actually breaking the mother boxes and he's telling you know the the three the basically the sisters of fate yeah. of mother boxes and he's like i'm not broken and i'm not alone mm -hmm. i'm like Go you! Yeah, <laughs> it's tears in my eye. Like, you know, it's such a powerful message, and so I always resonate with, with stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I always think it's so important. Um, but yeah, so uh, you know, Desaad recedes in this moment. He, he disappears from the connection, and we will have a brand new character uh, gracing the screen here. But as we wrap up today's call, I just want to do another round of applause to you, Cass. Oh, it's been thank you. Phenomenal having you on. Thank you. Um, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you so much for enjoying being on the show and and voicing your opinions about about the movie as well. You know, again, we're always uh, accepting of all everyone's different take and um, we love hearing it. And um, just one more time, you want to let people know where to find you and what you got coming up in the works. Um, uh, we're we're kind of um, we haven't started recording uh, yet the new project that norman and i want to do um but it's basically like an anime podcast um so we're kind of we're stepping away from the movies by minute uh format and kind of going into more like uh episode by episode like analyzing um sort of thing um but and the doc the doctor's companions on hiatus um and we're working on the final season of geek by night um and there's a bunch of stuff on the patreon if you want to join the the patreon at duelinggenre.com slash support um and the discord uh the discord's a really good community um there's a lot of really cool people there um and uh it's just a really cool place to hang out online so i really encourage you all to to join and chime into the discussion absolutely it's a lot of fun and I can't wait to hear the final season of Geek by Night oh, again. I highly recommend that show. It is a great time. Um, and then, yeah, uh, you know, Dueling Genre, if you sign up for the Patreon, we have loads of other bonus content. Sometimes I'm 
just surprised by how many different shows you get for just three dollars mm-hmm. a month it's 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 crazy um and um yeah the, the discord we're on there nathan and i are on there as well um we do another dc related podcast called doom patrol radio where we talk about the doom patrol tv show but right now we're also talking about the newest comic book that is part of the new dawn of dc initiative so if you're reading comic books and you're into uh doom patrol as well nathan and i are huge fans of doom patrol so you can find us there on discord and and check out the other podcast to listen to it um but without further ado if you've enjoyed today's show please consider leaving a five-star review it really does help the show and helps new listeners discover our show as well if you'd like to join the conversation you can chat with us on twitter at dceu minutes and if you'd like to hear more bonus content We also have a Patreon for just $3 with tons of other podcasts to listen to. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next one here on DC Cinematic Minute.